Hi, I'm Avalon Starlight, and you are listening to the Rebel Unicorns podcast. This season, I'm super stoked because we are talking about something very near and dear to my heart, chakras, and how they can completely transform your life and your business. Listen each week as I share my own chakra experiences, as well as introducing you to incredible guests with their own chakra stories. Are you ready? Let's get our rebel on. Heidi ho, rebel unicorns. I am excited because this guest today is probably one of the most divinely like light-filled humans I've ever come in contact with. Like if you could speak or channel the divine, this human is like who I would be experiencing. They are loving, kind, gentle, generous. Their practice, their books, their service is beyond anything that you you would even be able to fantasize in your head for the sheer love of this human is so great. And so that is why when it came to creating this season of the podcast, I knew immediately that Cynthia Kane needed to be a guest. Welcome, Cynthia. Mm. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. That was so lovely. I could, I could sit with you all day long. <laughs> and I'm just going to let you kind of introduce yourself because for me I know you as the the spark of light right like the creation force that is your being in your body but for those who are listening how would you describe yourself how would I describe myself like what you do your service your stardust you know that jam yeah all that jam um yeah so I would describe myself as someone who helps people become less reactive and more in control of their words and confident in navigating difficult interactions with ease um, really helping people learn how to be kind and honest and helpful to themselves and to others into the world. So really stepping into um, communicating in a kind, honest and helpful way. That's, that's what I share with the world. And that's beautiful. This is why I gave you the intro <laughs> that I did. <laughs> and what's the name of your company? The Kane Intentional Communication Institute. And what are the names of your books? How to Communicate Like a Buddhist, Talk to Yourself Like a Buddhist, and How to Meditate Like a Buddhist. And there we've just touched the divine, everybody. Right there. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> because you are the channel for such an important message into this world. So. Cynthia, what what Rebel Unicorn House are you? Cosmic. The last time I took it, I was cosmic. Do you resonate with that? I do. I do resonate with that. Why do you resonate with being a cosmic? Um, <laughs> like now I feel like I have to bring up exactly what the cosmic was. No, like, just like tap in. Um, the like, um. The vision, like visionary, right? Isn't that cosmic? Yes, Um, creators. And creators. And I think I tap into it because to me, there's like a sensation around it that is very much like connection to something greater. Um, That it is not just me, which took me a while to understand, um, but that it is bigger than me and greater than me and um, that it, it's something that, um, like is, uh, more, more connected to something that is not 
just my voice and my wants and my needs, but um, connected to something that can reach more people. It's greater than me, the message. So are you saying like spirit or like yeah. source or God dependent on whoever you are listening and what word you are interceding there? Because all words work really, really well in this. <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you have been one of those people that I've got to witness that are so connected to the people that you actually coach and you train and that you are in service to you literally part of our work together has, has been in almost like helping you untangle that relationship of the depth that you are willing to go into with your clients. Yes, that's very true. I, I get very involved, um, with my, I call my clients students. Um, and it has been a real journey to, uh, give like find space, right. Um, so that I can, I can serve at a higher level. It's interesting. Cause I'm realizing even as I was like, I'm going to raise the, you know, Cynthia in for sacral week. Cause I wanted to talk about the, the capacity of the, how impactful sacral week was for you in the chakra business mm-hmm. academy. Yeah. Right. And, but I'm mm-hmm. just getting a, another hit here because in sacral is also the willingness to give up control. Yeah. Right. To surrender. So I'm seeing a secondary piece kind of weaving its way into the conversation here. Yeah. Um, that's, that's huge. The surrender piece. Right. So let's, yeah. let's, let's take it back a little bit to, you know, um, when we did our initial chakra business Academy work together mm-hmm. and what sacral week meant to you? Well, sacral, <laughs> sacral week was very, uh, challenging for me. I remember, um, I had a hard time un- really understanding, um, how to connect to, to like my energy in that way or to my power in that way. Or like, I remember feeling, okay, it's all about not hiding in a lot of ways and being seen. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really no, at the time, I think that it wasn't so much about others seeing me as much as it was me seeing myself. That was at least how it kind of came to be. But it was a really powerful week because it reconnected me with my body. It reconnected me with um, joy and like um, freedom in in me. And it also had me thinking just very differently about money um, and how money comes into my life. <laughs> and um, and so it was a really powerful week because it reconnected me to who I knew myself to be, but I had forgotten myself to be in so many ways. Um, and it kind of brought out this like Say the uh, word. I'm just waiting for you to say this one word. It's like, I, I want to be like, well, the sexy prom queen was like my whole <laughs> thing, right? About becoming like the sexy prom queen. That was how I wanted to feel. And that's really what I found in Sacral Week, right? Was this connection to like how sexual, I guess, of a person I am, but how that's actually connected in a lot of ways to like business and drive and money and being seen and yeah all of it all those things which I had no idea that 
that could be a power of mine, right? Like relaxing into movement. Movement for me is so important. And that's really what sacral connected me back to was like the, the movement of my body and um, grounding into kind of like the feminine, the divine. The dancing. Dancing. Yeah. Like now that is now that I'm doing this five 30 in the morning, wake up <laughs> thing that's happening now. <laughs> um, that's, that's half of the time of my morning, right. Is dancing, like doing dance meditation and just being in my body. Um, it's how I, it's how I surrender, right. It's how I release. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember the, cause this is such a significant thing for, I think the women listeners to hear, because we had also talked about in sacral week, the, when we tune into being at the highest level vibration of our sexual energy, when we decide that we're going to utilize that as a source of being seen yeah. as a source of like magnifying or amplifying our service, just mm-hmm. being in the divine sensuality of our beings or bodies. Do you remember the discomfort that you had on that? Yes. Yes, I do. I (laughs) I remember the discomfort, but what I think, I think for me, what I remember is having a really hard time, uh, not seeing like, um, sensuality and sex. Right. Right. Like I couldn't see how to take that energy and put it towards something different. Cause I, in my mind, it was like when I heard the definition of like the sacral chakra and it's like sex and money, I'm like, well, I have a lot of sexual energy, but I don't understand how that can be directed. And I'm pulling you into this conversation that we had that if you turned up your sexual energy, if you became that sensual being that you were, that it was, there was also a sense of safety that had to to be worked through, right? That people would be looking or experiencing you in kind of that form or way that was like, I I have to dim this light. I have to pull myself back because I don't want that kind of attention from men or other women, or, you know what I mean? People who don't regard me as being my highest self. Yes. Yeah. And I remember being very uncomfortable thinking it was really unprofessional, right. Um, to like tap into myself in that way or like show my interest in movement or things like that, or just being able to express myself at my highest vibration. Um, yeah. And it, it is, it is absolutely. Cause I think that over the course of youth, even right. Like as women particularly, and this is true for men too, who mm-hmm. have been marginalized or made to feel like they're too good looking or too, you know, or even for the bodies of, of humans that don't look like everybody else, right. Yeah. That maybe you are voluptuous and sensuous and maybe you are darker skinned and you know what I mean? Like really powerful in your stance, but there's this connotation that if we fill or fuel that energy up to its highest point, to me, that is the most vulnerable place that we can be is to be as bright and sacral as we possibly can. And then trust. And this was where trust came in trust that you as the creator of that energy 
get to define actually how people are gazing upon yeah. you mm-hmm. through the lens of the fear or the lens of like, holy, look at that confident person. Right. And who they are and what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. So can you share where in your journey that that light or that sensuality or that sexuality that is that is definitively your power source. That's why you're here in Synchro Week. Where it kind of started to to get shut down or shut off or dimmed, if you remember. Um, well, I think it it turned off when I had Holden, um, my first little little kiddo. Um, I think that after having Holden, I just. I lost a lot of connection to my body. Like I was so in touch with my body during pregnancy. And then afterwards, um, there was just this really big transition of not being able to connect with my body in the same way and not seeing myself in the same way as I had seen myself before. Um, not feeling like not feeling as central or, um, just almost like I was caved inward. That was kind of how it felt, right? I didn't feel much. I wasn't feeling a lot. And I was doing so much for everyone else. And I was so depleted. And um, I knew I had to reconnect somehow to myself. I just didn't know, like, I didn't know what that looked like. Um, And I remember, (laughs) I remember... Um, when in the chakra business Academy, when, uh, you were like, well, what like music do you just like to like sing to you or like sing along with in the car? And I'm like, well, I just play classical music in the car because, you know, in the beginning that was really soothing for me right after I had Holden. Then also you read all the literature about classical music for little brains And so I just kept it there and it had been a year and I hadn't listened to anything besides classical music for a year. And I love classical music. Um, Though that was a question that opened so much up for me because I hadn't, I hadn't felt passionate. You know, there was no passion. There was no like to, to do or anything. So I, I really think it had to do with, um, with, you know, having Holden um, in a lot of ways. I think that's significant because I think that there's a lot of women who who do feel that way because we, we get, like, personally, I also felt that way when I gave birth. But actually, I felt it that way during pregnancy, like this beautiful body, this body, my body. I was like, whoa, that's not my body. This isn't my body anymore. This is a bo- my body belonged to yeah. another being, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's like, all of a sudden you rent out <laughs> your sexual yeah. energy for yeah. you know mm-hmm. a, 10 months for a, a lease and then when the lease is over the body moves out and you are like oh there's like a vacancy again yeah and it's like what do we do in this this mm-hmm. our center that created we created then we birthed and it's like nobody tells us afterwards how do we fill that space back up with our own creator magic but even more so because we just fucking did the coolest thing in the land. I know it's like, it's really wild. I remember um, saying to someone how 
it's like birth itself, or at least for me, my experience with it was so empowering. And then it was just incredible how like empowered I was. And then it was like 24 hours later, how insecure, like it it was just mind blowing. (laughs) And, um, and I think that that, that hits a lot of it too. Right. Emptiness. Well, and I mean, it, this is real talk on Rebel Unicorns podcast. Like they place the baby in your arms and you look down and you're like, oh shit, I just made that. Like, this is for real. Like I, yeah. and yeah. there's this fascinating moment, at least it was for me where I looked at Ethan and I was like, I, I love, I love, I love you. I love you. Like I was trying it on mm-hmm. because yeah. we didn't, we didn't have a relationship yet. We had like, yes, I built him and he was in my body, but I'd never seen him. I'd never experienced him. I'd only felt him. Yeah. So you're looking at this little face and these little eyes and it's like, you're like, holy, that moment is so big. You're like, I created everything on this. Yeah. This, like it's built incredible. by me. And I'm still like, new, we're new. Mm-hmm. We just met. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the womb space, you guys. Like This is what we're even talking about is true for business too, for when we're birthing new creations into the world as well. It's the same sensation. It's the same feeling. This is what the power of the sacral yeah. is all about. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's just so fascinating as we're talking and you're talking about moving the, the energy, right? Like of the sacral energy towards business, towards this world. And I mean, that's where now it all goes for me. Like there's so, so much excitement and like passion there. And it's, it's just amazing, you know, when I think about it. And so in that, right, like, cause now you are taking this fiery energy. And just for those who know, like when I get some into people's energy and I'm reading their sacral energy, like my private parts tingle dependent on how high or low the frequency of their sacral is. Like, it sounds really strange, but I could get into somebody and know if their energy is on or off in their sacral. Well, when I got into Cynthia, Cynthia's was fired up, like high, high sexual energy, high vibrational frequency. But if you can imagine taking you know, a pillow to a vibrational frequency and putting it over top to just muffle the sound. That was the sensation or, or like experience that it was. And I told you that I'm like, wow, you are really like suppressing this amazing amplification of like what you could create. And so now you're in the knowing of this capacity how do you utilize it in your day-to-day experiences in your business in your life and in in how you foster that energy Mm -hmm. well so I'm I mean in the morning I have to dance right um I have to tap into myself in that way because that's how I surrender so that's how I feel well it's also how I connect right? To like spirit or source or however anyone chooses to call it. Um, And that's what allows me to trust, right? And then, so then I'm, I'm kind of like untethered for the day. Um, And it's more just everything kind of flows really easily. And I can feel 
excitement. I allow myself now to feel the excitement and like, I can feel it rising right now. Like I can feel that. And it's like, you know, when that happens, I just get really kind of giddy and excited and I let it out. And then, you know, I'm sharing more. I share more with my students. I, um, have definitely started being more visible in my work and, you know, what I'm putting out in the world. And it, it comes out, I think, with, um, with money, right. And that, um, I'm, I'm just really able now to know that I'm not alone in this and like trust that, um, it's there, that the money is there. Um, but it, it, it's like, it's so hard to explain for me because it's something that is happening within me mm-hmm. that rises and it kind of just like spills over and, uh, it helped it. I just show, I'm like, I just show up now more like so myself say that it kind of unleashes some some confidence almost right like confidence like from the inside out like just truth mm-hmm. almost truth nectar confidence yeah. of being yeah. a body of message of soul of creation like this like level of yeah yes like, yes exactly like yes and it it connects me so like in buddhism there's buddha nature and i feel like that's what it does like that's how i can connect into that space within me that like really is like vibrating and powerful and just goodness. So when did you get into Buddhism? What's the story? I got into Buddhism in 2011, 2012. Um, I wasn't like, I didn't know really anything about it. I wasn't in into it before then. Um, I really kind of happened upon it when my first love passed away and I was really trying to figure out how to feel better in this world. And I was trying all these things, you know, and a friend of mine had just sent me an email saying that there was a workshop at the Shambhala Institute when I lived in New York and it was a writing and meditation workshop. And I, was trying everything. And I thought that was great because writing is something I've always done and meditation, what they were saying that it could help me do sounded lovely to change my relationship to my thoughts. And that's all I wanted to do at that point. Um, and, and that was really what changed my world that weekend. Cause I learned how to meditate and I learned to really just be able to be with myself as I was with all the like the heartache and the sadness and the also excitement and joy. It was like a very weird mix of everything during that time. And I was really able to just be with myself in all those parts of myself. Uh, And I'd never done that before. I never allowed myself to really be alone without judgment with myself. Um, And so that's how I was introduced to Buddhism. And that's when I was introduced to the elements of right speech. And then that became really my guideline for living because I, in the time where I was kind of searching for things, 
what I noticed was communication for me was the most important because if I wanted to change the way I was in the world with people, then I was going to have to change how I interacted and that meant communicating. And then, then it meant communicating with myself. And so that's how it all kind of began. I started with the elements of right speech and Buddhism, which are tell the truth, don't exaggerate, use helpful language um, and don't gossip and trying to figure out this is all lovely in theory, but like, how do you actually implement it? How do you actually speak in a kind, honest and helpful way? And so that became uh, like a lifestyle experiment, really. The next day I I tried to figure it out for myself. And that's how this is all kind of grown from there. There was the seed planted. Well, and it's interesting because last week on Heart Tracker Week, uh, no, that wouldn't have been last week. Coming up on Heart Tracker Week, uh, JJ and I talk about uh, grief, right? Mm-hmm. I recorded it and this this practice of we don't know how to grieve, yeah, in, in the West in the Western culture, right? It's like, oh, you're fine, get back to work, do these things, and it, it feels when you're telling the story that there was a an opportunity in that weekend to actually feel the emotions of the grief of your friend passing, yeah, so yeah. I think significant. Were you religious before you went to that weekend? So I'm Jewish, right? I grew up Jewish. Um, I, you know, I practice in terms of family traditions, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said I was religious, but I would have said I, like, if people asked me, I would say I was Jewish. So was it, different to go from that space of of practice and tradition or do you still do the practice of tradition in in the Jewish Jewish faith and now incorporate the Buddhism into it yeah so I still I mean I guess you could say I practice the Jewish faith well I I wouldn't say that I practice it because I don't I I'll celebrate holidays, um, but that's truly out of tradition. Um, though Judaism is similar to Buddhism, there's a lot of similarities. Um, so I guess you could say Judaism is still a part of my life, but my practice, like my day-to-day practice, really what I live by are is Buddhist philosophy. That, and I... I see Buddhism for me personally more as a philosophy than as a religion, um, which is why I have like I haven't taken vows. Right, that was me learning something I didn't know there were vows. Yes, mm-hmm. so there are vows. Um, it's really like to become a bodhisattva or like on the bodhisattva path, uh, you take vows. This reminds me of being in India, right? And mm-hmm. the monks, right? Which yeah. I'm feeling very similar that this would be. Did Buddhism come from India? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, many different, well, there's different places that Buddhism exists. India is one of them. But like Hinduism and Buddhism are kind of of the same cloth. But you find more Hinduism in Buddha in in India now more than Buddhism. Which is what I went on my pilgrimage for. I did the Hinduism, but I was, oh, while I was there, I was super curious to the Buddhism piece. Mm-hmm. I was like, because there's Buddhas everywhere. Buddha yeah. is everywhere mm-hmm. in India. So there was like this sense of like almost confusion for me in between like, 
what the celebration was of. And I think that there was like this duality of it was both, right? Like you, yeah. you experienced both. I have so many questions about religion. I just want to like go off on a tangent because like Judaism for me, what I'm learning right now uh, is very tied to the tree of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of those principles. I'm watching a lot of, you know, mystery teachings on Gaia, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, spiritual Netflix, and I'm learning so much about hermeticism and the tree of life and yeah. all of these. And so like, I didn't know that that was the foundation of Judaism, which I thought was so impactful and powerful. Because yeah. This is like the fun part about being in the expression of learning and growing and expanding and, like we are never lacking for more knowledge or more lessons and teachings. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring this back because I think that there's one last piece that I definitely want to talk about, which we had touched on in the beginning of the episode, which was this untangling and releasing of control. Because we talk about, you know, in the sacral, this connection to the divine feminine, right? Like to the womb space, to the the creator, to this fire, this essence. Mm-hmm. Like I, from the day I met you, I was like, this is the most usable energy in your entire body and you are stifling it. What is going on? But the other piece of this is this willingness to not be in control. Yeah. And so tell us a little story about that unfolding. for you. <laughs> about not being in control (laughs) well I mean in your business particularly (laughs) right um I mean it took me uh, I was very resistant (laughs) to let go of uh control in my business um I really had this feeling that I had to do everything um and so can you give more about the like what this I'm going to call them symptoms just because it just works like what were the symptom signs that you weren't giving up control like how did that look in your business for those listening because I think it's really important for them to be like oh okay yeah, okay. yeah. Check, so check. that I wasn't giving up control looked like um I mean generally doing everything but really uh like leading all my group calls um, answering all the emails that would come in, um, scheduling all the one-to-one calls that I was doing, um, scheduling, like doing, uh, all like scheduling podcasts or creating content or, um, creating graphics or updating my website or, believing that there had to be more Cynthia in order for people to get the result. Like the, the like yes, more yes. than like all of the Cynthia, like Lots of me. Yeah. all of you to the experience of the student or else they would not be able to get to the same results as if you were not like involved in everything. Like all the yes. time. because when we first started working together, I was doing 14 one-to-ones with my students in my program. And I was like, it's impossible. There's no way that I can let go of 14 one-to-ones with my students. It's like, how are they going to get the result if I don't, if, if I don't, if I'm not with them, like every moment. Um, and then I, and then I, well, after you, <laughs> after you said, okay, 
let's let's just cut some down, right? Like, let's just see if you can cut a little bit down. And I was like, mm, I really don't think so, but I'll try. And I went down to seven. And then I saw that it was possible and that it was helping my students, right? What would, do you remember what the conversation was as to why being with them every step of the way was unhelpful? Yes, because I was creating codependency. <laughs> yes. I'm very, I, that conversation is very clear to me because when you said that, I mean, when you say a lot of things, light bulbs just go off for me, but that was one of them because it was like, um, I, I want my student to feel empowered. I want my student to feel like they can do this on their own, that they don't need me. Um, and that it's not about me. Yeah. And then, you know, and now it's down to four and that's perfect. And the result is the same, if not more so. Right. The result is the same, if not more so. And then, right. This also leads into being able now to let others lead the group calls Right. Like when I had Raya, I was able to let one of the instructors lead the group calls. So Raya is how old now? Raya is a year and two months. So yeah, and and now, I mean, now <laughs> I'm preparing to um let go a lot like let go even more. And, you know, I think of you all the time when these things come up because it came up the other day where the opportunity to let one of my instructors take a full one-to-one came up. And I thought to myself, no, it's not, it's not happening. I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not ready to like give that over. Um, And then I said, I have to, because if I were to go to you and I were to say, (laughs) this is what's happening, you would remind me that this is the way, like, this is the way forward to do less. And it's the way for the instructor to be able to step into her capacity to to hold space in these, because you have taught these, it's like having this, we're talking about sacral and giving birth. You have like created these, you know, incredible teachers and instructors. And it's the same thing of like giving birth and then trusting that you have taught them everything that they could ever need in order to be sufficient and then giving them that trust. Yeah. So there's still, I mean, I can tell there's there's still still fear there. There's still like (laughs) nerves there about it though. I'm really proud of myself because I'm doing it. You know, like I'm not holding as tight as I was. Um, I feel like this year is really my year to take my hands off a lot so that I can really put my energy into what I want to be putting my energy into to grow, you know? Right. You are here on this earth to impact so many people, Cynthia (laughs) King, through your service through your intentional communication. Like if we could change the way that the world communicates, what a different world we would be living in. Yes, it's true. That that requires, you know what I mean? You to be able to go into the bigger realms now and bring the message even further. Because if you're 
in the mud, you can't see yeah. the stars. You know what I mean? You can't see the sun. You have to, to share it. You have to share it more, more sharing. More sharing. Yeah, exactly. More sharing that's happening. And with more sharing requires less control. I think that that's like the moment where we're like, mic drop, that was the, the sacral moment of the episode right there. It's very powerful. So question for you is, you know, what does being a rebel unicorn mean to you? Being a rebel unicorn means knowing I'm magical and that the way I see things is different than the way others see things. And that is a gift. And it is um, being able to trust that and continuing to believe in it, you know, um, no matter what others may say or think. And um, it, you know, I think of, so unicorn for me is a really special because that was my mascot growing up um, in my high school. Um, well, actually I went to the same school since I was in preschool. So from preschool to senior year of high school, our mascot was a unicorn. Uh, and then I think of that movie, The Last Unicorn, Oh, shivers. Yeah. Yeah. And so unicorns are just, um, they're very powerful and, um, uh, I, I believe in them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I believe in them too. I really do. So, you know, we used to like, we would call ourselves unis. That was our like go unis, you know, it's true. That's so true. And I, I actually, this is the way that I'm, this podcast is now going is like, I believe that they exist in a, in a different frequency than what we're, we are tuned to. And that if yeah. we can tune to the frequency of, you know, whatever being or whatever realm is available, then we have access to these things. It's why, you know, the, the stories and the folklore and the magic hasn't gone anywhere is because those who learn to silence their mind or to get to a place of stillness and begin to practice the art of energy and the art of shifting different vibrational frequencies now have access to sensing, feeling, knowing that these things do actually exist in matter, in form, in a different frequency. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, Yeah, I could see that being true spiritual it's like you know even mediumship psychic abilities these are just frequencies or just wavelengths that we pick up on and mm-hmm. so right now i'm envisioning dancing unicorns like, like hanging out around us right now like having a unicorn party they're like yeah. look these, these two where they're so close to seeing us look at can you see us we're right here they're just like drinking some water that's right that's right so if there is one yeah, thing that you want people to if you could drop a communication bomb on them like this like one one thing that that everyone that's listening today could do to just become more attuned or aware of their communication is there like a starting one one piece one part to like notice i would say start paying attention to how you're talking to yourself 
into others that is causing more suffering, right? Um, that suffering in this can mean discomfort, anxiety, fear, stress, shame, guilt, right? Um, anything that's creating more suffering, just start paying attention to um, the language that you're using and see if you can begin to notice it and then um, bring more of a, a helpfulness to it, right? See if you can kind of move it more towards um, being helpful and asking yourself, right? What if I, what if I could be more helpful to myself in this moment? Or what if I could be more helpful to someone else and see if that can shift the language at all? Thank you. You're welcome. And if people are like, I want to learn more about being more helpful and, you know, all of these communications, because I know it will impact my business and my relationships and, you know, my service, where would they go to find you? They can go to CynthiaKane.com. And that has everything? That has everything, yes. Um, And if they want to go and kind of look more about uh, training and working together, they can go to intentionalcommunicationtrainingapply.com and learn more about that. Amazing. Amazing. You're amazing and I love you. And I'm I love so you glad too. you came on and I can share your love and light. Thanks for reminding me of, you know, where I came from with you. In those beginnings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cynthia and I have been working together for a couple of years now. And I, I still like for me, it's even like going back to sitting at my kitchen table on in a three, four houses ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much yeah. has changed. And you know, you hadn't even had Raya yet. No. I, I wasn't even like I know, <laughs> you weren't even like thinking about Raya yet. I had yeah, hold I just had hold it basically. I know. I know. Yeah. So magical. I love being on this journey with you and yeah. Witnessing your you're just like I said, you you are just such a pure light, Cynthia. Mm. And such an honor to to witness its expression and its breath into the world. Well, I appreciate you for bringing it out. Thank you. And those who are listening, who can just feel the truth of that, reach out to Cynthia, get yourself into any of her programs and even into her, her groups, anything just to be in the receiving end of that vibrational frequency. And I cannot wait. This was sacral. Next week is solar plexus. We are just making our way through the magic that is your internal body and energy system that creates so much shifting and changing in your life and in your business. So tune in next week and we will delve deeper. (laughs) Wow. That episode was mind blowing. I hope you had as many ah ahas listening to it as I had recording it. I would love to see the Rebel Unicorns podcast spread far and wide across the globe, across the universe. So if you want to share it on your social media with something that you found impactful, leave a review, send it to a friend. It would be Ah, so deeply appreciated. Also, a little side note, I did recently change my name. I downloaded a year and a half ago that my name was Avalon Starlight. It was previously my birth name was Tamara Arnold. And if you're interested in learning what your rebel unicorn house is, 
Oh yeah, there's a quiz for that. Think Harry Potter, except you're sorted into how you are impacting the world with your stardust and what energy you're here to shift and change. You can find out your rebel unicorn house at www.tamarearnold.ca slash quiz. Let me know, tag me in social media, send the quiz out and join the rebel unicorns Facebook group to be in a community of like-minded spiritual entrepreneurs who understand that when you shift your energy, you transform your business.